Hello everyone, welcome to Wine Down Wednesdays. I'm your host Paula Taylor and this is episode 98. I talked a few weeks ago about how I was getting rid of all the ads in my podcast. I felt like they weren't aligned with just me in general, but I also stated that I do intend to allow this work to support me full-time at some point and so that I would occasionally be asking for what I need. And so with that in mind, I've actually created a donate page on my website. If you go to the podcast page on paulataylorenergy.com, you can actually support the show directly. And that's a great way if you're feeling called to financially support the show. If you do it through Anchor or if you donate to me even through Insight Timer, they take a really large portion. I think Insight Timer takes like 30% or something. And I, I'm not sure about Anchor, but PayPal takes a much lower percentage. So again, no expectations there. Just if you're feeling called to support the show through a financial donation, that's a great way to do it. You can also share, like the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, share it on social media, tell a friend about it, or just listen. I love the support of having listeners or people watching the live show. And I love it. I get, I got some feedback today about somebody who really liked last week's show. So I really appreciate getting that feedback as well. And you can always contact me. You can message me through Facebook. There's a contact me page on the website as well. <sighs> okay. So again, we're going on a journey tonight. We're going to talk about belonging. And I've been mentioning this for weeks. I mentioned probably a month ago or maybe more that I was on the edge of this kind of big awareness and I wasn't sure what it was and, and I realized I had to be patient about it. And I've also mentioned several times that I went on vacation and I got triggered. Although I see now I was kind of triggered beforehand and, and when I was getting this information that like it's time for this awakening, I was like thinking I'm going to get more light language or some like awesome superpower. <laughs> And then we ended up in the trauma-based fear series. And I want to say that this work is extremely important. So in order to get those big, beautiful moments of awakening and, and have things come in that are, that are so expansive, like light language and all that kind of stuff, we have to do clearing first. We have to make space for change. So there's a reason that I started having these kind of trauma-based fears come up for me to clear so that I can make room for the next expansion, whatever that happens to be. So I think the easiest way to do this is to just jump into my story and then kind of take you on this journey because this came to me in parts. And the post I put on Instagram today, I said, you know, sometimes we get hit by lightning when we're having an awakening or an, an epiphany, they call it, you know, or Oprah would call it an aha moment. It's like lightning strikes and you're like, oh yes. And sometimes it's more like you're in a dark room and you're sort of turning up an oil lamp or, or you know, turning up a dimmer switch and the light bulb's kind of coming on a little bit at a time before you hit that big like, aha, I got it. So this kind of came to me sort of in sections, and that's why it took me so long to talk about it, because I could tell that I was missing something. I could tell there was like something that, that was still kind of at the edge of my understanding, and I'm so excited about it. it. It kind of blew my mind, and I feel like I've never heard anyone talk about this in this way before. That, of course, does not mean that people are not talking about it. It just felt really new to me. So let's jump into the story, and, and then we'll go on this journey together, and then, of course, we'll meditate together. So I went down to Mexico with my family. That was my, my sisters who are twins and their spouses and then my mom and my husband. And we rented this big, beautiful condo. It was right on the beach. It was at a beautiful resort. And we, one day we went and we did all this great stuff. We had a wonderful day. We went to this little bar on the beach that my husband and I like. We kind of took the family there for the first time. We went to a little restaurant we like. Like we did, we had a really nice family day. And I, and I felt like, Everybody kind of got what they wanted that day. Everybody had like a little bit of a different thing they wanted. We did all the things. We came back. We had dinner. And then we tried to play a game. <laughs> or they did play a game, I should say. So we, we started playing this game. And I will also mention that like most of us had kind of been drinking. There had been some drinking involved. And that does skew your vibration a little bit with no judgment there like but it it changes your behavior a little bit it, it sort of makes it easier to get triggered I think 
And so we were, we were getting this game. My husband grew up playing this game. I had just learned how to play it. I am not a huge fan of complicated games because to me, the, I, the reason you play a game is to kind of connect. So, you know, I'm happy to play like Uno or something that requires almost no thought because then, you know, you're talking and you're, you're spending time together. But when the game is really complicated, I just, I get kind of like, ugh, I get kind of overwhelmed. And my sisters and their spouses, they love to play like these super complicated games. And this game was a little bit complicated, but like within like the realm of Paula being able to like handle it. <laughs> But there were a lot of us, and so they had bought this expansion pack. They bought this game for my husband as a surprise, which was awesome. It was not a game we'd ever heard of, and I was really excited to play it. But then they bought this expansion pack so we could all play it, and there were all these extra rules and pieces. And, like, <laughs> to me, it, like, it turned into, like, way more complicated than I was expecting. We had been together all day, and, and honestly, I think... I realized like through this process and I'll kind of talk about it because I definitely got triggered and I didn't handle it very well. But I think what I really needed was just some quiet time, some alone time. But I also wanted to play this game that my husband loves so much. So I was I was trying to like stick with it. And it was just like chaos, you know, like everybody was talking and, and my sister-in-law was like reading the directions and my husband was like trying to figure it out. And and like people were getting up and getting drinks and coming back. And like I just I got overloaded. And so <laughs> I had a little triggered outburst and I said, let's just play the game. And there was probably an expletive in there that I will not share because this is a clean podcast slash show. But, you know, it was like a big outburst, you know, and everybody kind of stopped and looked at me and I was like, I was clearly triggered. And then my husband said to me, and I'll, we unpacked this later, and it's interesting, you know, how this trauma triggering happens. Like when you're fully triggered, you're in the triggering, like you've lost kind of control of yourself. And so then, so I had this outburst and then my husband said to me, you need to calm down. And there might've been an expletive in there as well. And anyone who's ever been told to calm down knows that it's not a really good recipe for actually calming down. And that in fact, it probably <laughs> is going to make you more upset or angry or, you know, whatever that trigger is that's going on. So I kind of sat there a little bit in shock because my husband, he's very like calm and, and he doesn't usually say things like that. And so I, I like, part of me was just like shocked and, and, you know, everybody kind of went back to what they were doing. So it wasn't like everybody was just looking at me, but I, we were sitting on the balcony and I was looking at the moon and I thought, I don't want to be here. I didn't want to be here from the beginning. I want to be down on the beach, listening to the water, looking at the moon. And, and I didn't realize that in time to express it in a way that was not triggered, where I could have just said like, hey guys, I just, it's been a long day. I think I need some like, you know, I need to depressurize. I think I'm just going to go take a walk on the beach. So what I ended up doing was kind of going like, I think I'm, and I thought I did it calmly, but of course everybody said that I like, you know, stomped off in a huff. But I was, I kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm going to give my place because we had one short. So I said, I'm going to give my place to, to someone else and I'm going to go walk on the beach. And, um, and so I did. And so they, they played the game and, and I went down to the beach and I took myself a little blanket and I sat down and, and it was a full moon. It was the night before the lunar eclipse. And it was so beautiful. And I, I was like, ah, I could feel myself like getting fed. That is, I needed nourishment and that is the nourishment that I needed. But at the same time, I was still triggered. And so like these thoughts started coming up about belonging. Like I don't belong with them. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. Like all of these kind of like trauma-based thoughts around belonging started coming up that I haven't had for a really, really long time. I had a hard childhood. I was a weird kid. I did not feel like I belonged with the other kids. I usually got along better with adults than, than kids which I now recognize a lot of that was like my sensitivity and, and I could, I felt like I could understand adults better than kids. And I felt like kids were mean. And, and we're going to talk about that. I think I'm going to use kind of school as an example as we get further into this. But, and then in my family, my sisters are twins and my parents were married. So I always felt like I was kind of the odd one out. And, and I was five years older. I am five years older than my sisters. So that's like just enough years that like, you know, they kind of just like, ruined my stuff and and I didn't get along real well with them when we were growing up. And so I had this like 
trauma-based fear, and we're going to talk about every single person on earth has this. I'm fully convinced of this and I will tell you why. But I have this like trauma-based, like, you know, the little monkey mind mouth that's like, you don't belong. You don't belong with them. You don't belong with anyone. You don't belong anywhere. No one understands you. You know, I just went all the way, started going all the way down this path like I was like 15 or 16 again. But then I was like, wait a minute. I know that's not true. Like I'm sitting on this beautiful beach. I am grounded in this sand. I am looking at the moon. I fully belong here. I fully belong right where I am right now. And then I started thinking about unconditional love and how the things that we, you know, I'm talking about my sisters liking games and me not liking the same kind of games. That has nothing to do with love. That is a completely superficial thing that but that is how we have set ourselves up to feel like we belong. And I'm going to explain that. and I'm going to explain why. So I had this weird, it was like this weird dichotomy going on and it, and it kept going. Like after I got home, I was still having these like, you know, man, I, I haven't felt this way for a long time and kind of thinking of some like old relationships I had or friendships that kind of ended. And it was like, how come I never belong with people? And how come I feel like people don't understand me? And, and like, but at the same time, I am so much more integrated than I've ever been. I am so much more grounded than I've ever been. I am so much more clear and expanded than I've ever been. And, and I have new people who have come into my life who, who I feel do understand me on that sort of deep soul level. And, and everybody craves that, right? Everybody craves to be seen and to be understood. But I was feeling this like, like there's something deeper here. And, and it has to do with love and it has to do with unconditional love rather than this transactional relationship that we have created. But I, like, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So like I did the last few shows and I, I was like, we're going to talk about belonging next week. Oh, we're going to talk about belonging next week. And then this weekend I had this like huge epiphany, like the, the, you know, this, all the puzzle pieces fell into place. And the first thing that happened was, I actually had some downtime, which I haven't for quite some time. And I, I did a card reading for myself, which I haven't done for quite a while. I had my beautiful vision quest tarot and I pull, I was pulling these cards that were basically saying like, you need to stop looking outside yourself and, and come back to you. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know that. Like, I understand that, that, you know, we talk about that all the time on the show. Like, like your worth, your worth is inherent. You are not earning your worth from something outside of yourself. We talk about that a lot. So like I was kind of like, well, yeah, I know. But I still felt like I was like missing something. I was like, what? There's something here. And like I just, <laughs> I couldn't get there. And then all of a sudden, like, boop, the pieces like fell into place. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like it really kind of blew my mind. So let me walk you through this. And keep in mind, like I am still... I'm still kind of processing this. And so if you're like listening and you're like, what is she talking about? Like stick with me. Cause I promise you that it is worth it. And I promise you that we're going somewhere and that it will make sense. I hope you may have to listen to it a few times, but <sighs> okay. Sorry. I'm so excited. I'm like getting, I'm getting out of breath and ahead of myself. So we've talked before about a biological hardwired process that has been hijacked by our emotional system. And that is the fight, flight, or freeze response. We've talked about that a lot on the show. And we've talked about how the fight, flight, or freeze response, that sympathetic response, that adrenaline response, is a survival response for your physical survival. You know, we've talked about before, like that was like when you encountered a saber-toothed tiger, right? And it was like, okay, I gotta fight, I gotta, I gotta run, or I gotta freeze so it doesn't see me to stay alive. That is what that adrenaline, that is what that sympathetic, that fight, flight, or freeze response is for. But we don't encounter those situations in our modern society very often. Sometimes we do, you know, you have a near miss car accident or something. But most of the time, we are talking about emotional situations that are triggering that, an emotional confrontation. I got an email yesterday that like, oh, sent me into that fight, flight, or freeze. And I had to like, okay, I know how to get out of this. That's the thing. So we are hardwired 
biologically to have this adrenaline response, this, this fight, flight, or freeze. And so we have to retrain our bodies that we are safe. That just because we're triggered emotionally does not mean that our actual physical survival is threatened because that's an overreaction of the nervous system most of the time. So all of a sudden this weekend, as I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, what's the deal with this belonging and like, why, what am I not getting about this? And why is this so universal? I guarantee you that every single person who watches this has had a moment, at least one, probably many, in their lives where they felt like they didn't belong. And they, and they felt bad about themselves because of that. So all of a sudden, it occurred to me that the need to belong is also a biological response. It is, it is hardwired in our bodies for the same reason the fight, flight, or freeze is. Because when we were in our early days of, of existing in the form we exist now, we needed to be in groups to survive. That is, where, that is why we kind of formed tribes, right? Because there was safety in numbers. And so we needed to belong to a tribe to physically survive. And so we had to do whatever it took to stay part of that tribe. And that is why banishment was a huge punishment. And you see that all the time, even in, um, the, the, it's a terrible movie, The Witch, it's called, but they, they banish the person from this. It's like a, it, the early days of the colonies, like the Puritans, and they, and they banish them from the colony. And that, that meant almost certain physical death. That wasn't just like, you know, somebody snubbing you on the playground, which is the equivalent of that now. That was like, you are no longer under the protection of this group of people. All these people who have, you know, all these different skills that they're kind of pooling to, to survive, you know, this whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. So just like the fight, flight, or freeze, the need to belong is hardwired into our biological structure. But just like fight, flight, or freeze, it has been hijacked by our emotional system. And what do I mean by that? <sighs> what I mean by that is that we have created an entire society that is rooted in that need to belong to survive mentality. But it's not a physical survival thing anymore. Now it's an emotional thing, which, which actually makes things a lot more complex and confusing for the body, right? Like if you're living in a tribe situation and, and you know, I'm in a warm hut and I'm getting food and then you kick me out into the woods by myself and I'm cold and I'm lonely and I'm vulnerable to predators, like that is easy to understand. My survival is at risk. But when you are in school and you're picked last for the sports team or, you know, recess or whatever. When you are in school, and school is, I'm going to use this because this is like a universal, you know, there's, I was watching Stranger Things today and they're, they're getting bullied and it's just like universal, right? It starts at such a young age. So if you're in school and you're not in the popular group, maybe you try to form your own group because again, there's safety in numbers. And, and we're talking emotionally. I mean, people get physically bullied, and but mostly now it's emotional. And again, that's actually much more complex. It's hard for us to understand. And so what that leads to is a couple of different behaviors. And this is where I was like, like my mind just like exploded when I, when I thought about this. So that leads to competition because it creates this idea of scarcity, right? There's only so many people we're going to allow in our group, whatever group it is. It could be a job. When you're trying to get a job, you're trying to belong with, you know, this business or whatever. I'm going to keep using the school analogy just because I think it's, it's concrete, it's understandable, it's pretty universal. So I want to be a popular kid, let's say, in school. There's competition for that, right? And then let's say I become a popular kid, I got to stay there, right? There's a hierarchy. So, so there's a bunch of competition going on to get in this, to, to keep belonging first to get in or, and then to stay in. And so what happens is 
there's a bunch of people-pleasing behaviors that go on. I remember my mom telling me when I was in high school about a friend that I had growing up that we had gone like through elementary school together. We'd known each other forever and we were friends. And then she ended up kind of in the popular group in high school and I was like a band geek, like it was not happening. And I remember my mom telling me, oh, I ran into so-and-so's mother and, and she was talking about how hard it was for her daughter to get into this group because they came from the the rich kid school. Like we were kind of not, the whole area I grew up near is, is very wealthy, but the school we went to was kind of considered the like lower status school. So she had to like work her way. She had to earn her worth, right? She had to work her way into this group. And then she had to work so hard to stay in it. Basically, she had to hide who she was. She had to constantly be worried, you know, that she was going to upset someone. And, 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 you know, and I'm going to use Mean Girls as an example. If you've never seen that movie, you should absolutely see it because it's awesome and it's hilarious and it's really heartwarming. But it's about how mean girls are to each other. And, and I'm a girl, so I'm going to stick with the girl thing. But, you know, boys are just as mean in sometimes in more physical ways. So, so you have to start hiding who you are to fit into this group. I did that for years in the medical community. I didn't have purple hair because you're not allowed, right? So you have to fit into this group. You have to start censoring yourself, not being true to who you are to be in this group, which leads to people pleasing. And I've talked about that a few times recently. Like I'm a chronic people pleaser, right? I think we kind of all are. I mean, not all of us. And that's the other thing. So, so let's say you're in the popular group and, and you're the head, you know, you're the chief of the tribe, there's pressure with that too, because you want to stay on top, right? So that's where that competition comes in and that meanness. And, you know, if, if you start feeling threatened, you're going to knock somebody down a few pegs so that, so that they can't take your spot. And that is happening throughout this hierarchy. And we, we haven't talked about the hierarchy for a long time. I've talked about it in terms of Sonia Renee Taylor and the body is not an apology and this idea of the hierarchy of bodies. This exists everywhere in our society. We have a, like assigned a hierarchy of worth. And so right now I'm talking about this worth of belonging. So you have to earn your worth by proving that you're worthy of belonging to whatever group it is you're trying to get in or be in or stay in, then you've got to hide who you are to stay safe in that group. And what hit me was like, no wonder this is so hard to step away from because it is biologically hardwired into our bodies, into our brains, into our neural pathways, just like fight, flight, or freeze. You're never gonna get rid of fight, flight, or freeze because it exists for a reason. It exists to keep you physically safe. But when it gets hijacked by the emotional system and it's triggered all the time, it actually doesn't serve you. And that is exactly what is happening with this need to belong. We have a biological need to belong because that is what kept us alive back in the day. But we have set up this mean girls society with competition, with people pleasing, with demanding things of people, with hiding parts of ourselves in order to belong. And this could be any group. You could feel this way in your family. You could feel this way in your job. You could definitely feel this way if you're going to school, because that's the example I keep using. You know, you could feel this way in a social setting. If you're in a social club or a social group or, you know, a clique, it is everywhere. And when I, when I got all the way through this, like when this kind of clicked in my head and I started thinking through this, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder, like this is a trauma that every single person on earth has suffered. I am pretty sure that this is universal at this point. You know, we've talked about generational trauma and cultural trauma and societal trauma and all these different types of trauma. This is a universal trauma that is a societal cultural trauma. And the only way we can change this is if we realize it. And again, I've never heard anybody talk about it in quite this way. This is why we are mean to each other. Because we have this biological need to belong. Because that's telling us you're going to, this is how you survive. That has been hijacked by our emotional system, which again, is much more complicated than the physical. No wonder that we 
feel like we don't belong. No wonder we feel misunderstood because we're not showing who we are because we're, we have to go along to get along, to belong wherever it is. I mentioned the medical field. I could not have, I'm still technically not supposed to have purple hair, but I work from home. So I think I get away with it. And, and frankly, it's 2022. You're really going to get over, you know, on someone about, or like tattoos. Like part of the reason I don't have any visible tattoos is because I worked in the medical field for 20 years. We created an entire society with this judgmental view of things that is based entirely in this biological need to feel like we belong, to feel like we're part of a tribe. And with that comes the banishment of somebody who doesn't fit in, who doesn't belong, in order to keep this hierarchy going. And so how do we get away from this? I mean, as a society, like, if we recognize this and we start dismantling this, that's what Sonia Renee Taylor talks about in The Body is Not an Apology, about the hierarchy of bodies that we've placed, you know, this worth of bodies. If we start dismantling this within ourselves, as she says, that is how we dismantle it in society, right? First, we have to see it. We have to recognize it. We have to understand it a little bit. And just like the fight, flight, or freeze, we've got to start to retrain our bodies. So how do we do that? With the fight, flight, or freeze, we've, we've talked a million times, you know, about breathing and meditation and all of this training that we do, all this practice that we do, so that when we do get triggered, we can, we can step out of it more quickly. We can recognize we're triggered. We can step out of it. So how do we do this with belonging? And the answer was in the tarot poll. I pulled the answer before I understood the question, which sometimes happens. We have to come back to ourselves. Our worth is inherent. We do not need to earn our worth. We are divine beings. We don't need to belong to anything outside of ourselves. Now, yes, we are social creatures and we need interaction and all of that stuff. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like live as a hermit and never talk to anyone again. But in terms of hiding who we are to fit in, all of that, we have completely built a society where we are, ex we are expected to be validated externally. We are looking outside of ourselves for validation. Can I join your group? And everybody has to nod and say, oh, yeah, you can join our group. Oh, but don't do anything so-and-so doesn't like because, you know, you might get ostracized. You might get banished from the group, right? So we're always kind of walking around on eggshells. And the sad thing is that everybody is. Even the people in charge are. Even the people who seem like they're in charge of the popular group or whatever the group is, they can't show who they really are because they think they'll get ostracized. So if we recognize this, we start to dismantle it. So we have to come back to ourselves. We have to stop looking outside of ourselves for validation because there's nothing to be found there but emptiness. I told this story, I think, in my book. I don't know if I've ever told it on the show. The emptiest I ever felt in my whole life was right after I did my senior recital for my bachelor's degree in oboe, in music, for playing the oboe. And I worked and I worked and I worked and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I was so focused on this thing and, and, and I kind of turned it into a thing like we do a lot of times with like diet. This is going to be the thing that makes me happy. When people see how great I am, I will feel happy. And I, and I worked and I worked and I worked and I, and I did the recital and I had a great response and people came and they all came up to me afterwards. Oh my gosh, that was so great. You sounded amazing. You know, I got so many compliments and I went home. And I just, I was like, I don't feel any better. All of this beautiful like praise was showered on me and I still felt this empty hole inside. And that is because you cannot be validated externally. It has to come from within. It has to come from this spiritual connection that we build every week on the show that is the reason that I do this work. And when we come back to ourselves then it doesn't matter if we were ostracized from playing a game with our family, which again, I did that to myself. Let me be clear, that was welcome there. That was something that happened because I needed to get away. But that's what brought up these feelings, right? 
that is what I was thinking when I was sitting on the beach and I wasn't quite understanding like what was happening, but I knew that the answer lies in that unconditional love. That is who we are. It doesn't matter if my sisters play more complicated games than me because I love them. I'm trying to love them unconditionally. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect for sure. You know, we are this transactional thing. Think about that. This whole thing about belonging. You do this, I do this. You do this, I do this. Oh, you didn't do this right. That threatens your belonging, right? So that is what we call love in this society. And it is not love. That is a transactional relationship. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never asks for anything. Love just exists. Love just expands. Love turns the other cheek, right? So if you come back to that unconditional love, that is who you are, that is what you are made of, that is the essence of God, of higher power, of source, of spirit, whatever word you like for that or don't like, of that which is greater than yourself, that is yourself. Deep down, that is yourself. But when we put all these layers up because we feel like we have to wear masks and we feel like we have to hide and we, we have a biological need to belong that's been hijacked by this emotional need to belong now, anytime you're looking outside yourself, it's going to end up feeling empty. You're going to end up feeling dissatisfied. And that goes for everything, not just belonging. But that is the realization that I had. As long as I'm looking outside myself, and that goes for my business too, because I had a little bit of a week here where I was like, you know, what's happening here? Like I'm working so hard and, and where are the people? And, and this is so important and I, and I want to resonate with people. And it doesn't matter. I said a few weeks ago that I would keep doing this if no one was watching. And I, and I got tested a little bit on that. I did something, did an event where like, like I thought there was a bunch of people who were supposed to come and then kind of a bunch of people didn't come. And, and I did it anyway. And guess what? It was beautiful. It was just me and one other person and it was beautiful. That was exactly as it was meant to be. But because I was looking outside, well, if I had 10 people show up, that's better than one person. That is that whole like external validation, competition thing that I'm talking about. I would feel like I belonged if more people were at my event. I would still feel empty if I'm not coming from the right place. If I'm not grounded in my internal reality, my connection with that divine source, everything I do will feel empty if I am not looking within, if I am not expanding within everything. And that is why I do this work. I just needed a little reminder. I needed a big aha moment reminder of that. So that's my story. <laughs> I hope it made sense. I feel like it did. And again, if you're like me, like I've been mulling this over now. Like I think I had this realization two or three days ago. It hasn't been that long. And it it's really been like I'm seeing it everywhere now. I had a friend who was doing a video earlier today and she was talking about looking outside yourself for validation and, and coming back within. And she was talking about how self-doubt actually exists outside of ourselves and we have to come back to ourselves. I think that might be the answer for everything to come back to yourself. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable when we're triggered, when we're in trauma. That's why we do this work. That's why we build spiritual tools so that we can come back, so that we have this beautiful place to come back to. And sometimes we got to clear away the chaff, right? We got to clear away that frequency of trauma to find that divine frequency, which is who we really are. That is what we've been doing in these last few shows. So for tonight's meditation, we're going to do something that we've done a little bit before. Uh, we, I called it calling your energy home in that episode. But I was thinking about this and I was thinking about we leave little parts of ourselves in all of these places, right? If I'm not being my true self, if I'm not coming from within in my medical job, let's say, if I'm hiding part of who I am, then I'm leaving a little piece of me behind there. I'm leaving, I left a little piece of me on that balcony where that game was when I left and went to the moon to see the moon. I went, I went to the moon. 
we're leaving little pieces of ourselves behind. We're giving ourselves away. We're people pleasing. We're, we're competing. That doesn't serve us. And that actually doesn't, that doesn't serve any of us. So we're going to call back that energy. We're going to call back these pieces of ourselves that we have given away, that we've left behind in pursuit of belonging. And then we're just going to check in a little bit, I think. What, is, what does that mean? What does belonging mean to me? What, what is the trauma that I'm still carrying around belonging? Am I still carrying trauma from my childhood, from, from growing up? Probably. Probably most of us are. We're not going to get super deep into that. Again, quick disclaimer, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not licensed as a mental health professional. I'm a body worker, an energy worker, a meditation teacher. And so if you need help with this, ask for help, find help. But let's get into this meditation and, and call back at the very least all of this beautiful shining energy that we have given away unknowingly by buying into this system, by buying into this whole idea of competition and, and people pleasing and needing to belong. We don't really need to belong to survive anymore. And spiritually, the only way we survive is by filling our beautiful cup, our beautiful vessel with that divine love that we are truly made of. And from that place, we can develop true connection with people, true belonging with people, a true soul connection, really looking at someone and seeing them for who they are and allowing them to be who they are, not who you want them to be, not who you expect them to be. Oh, what a relief to be seen that way. What a relief to see someone else that way and let go of all that baggage. And it's a, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. It's going to be something that we come back to. It's going to be something that we dismantle within ourselves a little at a time. <sighs> that was a long one. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with me. Let's meditate together. So for this meditation, just find a comfortable position, whatever feels good to you. You can lie down, you can sit up, make sure that you're comfortable and supported as much as you can be. Take three to five of those beautiful deep oxytocin breaths, resetting that fight, flight, or freeze into an ease response, breathing in through the nose, letting the belly float out strongly. Ah. Sighing that breath out audibly from high to low, vibrating the vagus nerve, telling the body that you're safe, telling the body that you're doing all right. And then start to think about this idea of belonging. Where are the places in your life that you are giving energy away to this system that tells you in order to belong, you have to be something other than who you truly are. And you might be pulled back into childhood. If anything gets too intense, you can always step out of the meditation, take some nice deep breaths, get up and move around, whatever calls to you, you can just completely stop, come back another time when you feel safer. But just notice what comes up for you around belonging. Maybe you're even getting kind of the, the first memory you have where you felt like you didn't belong, where you felt that kind of emptiness, that sadness, where you weren't being seen, you weren't being understood, you weren't being included. And just call that energy back. Just use your intention. I call back any energy that I've left where I was looking outside myself for validation about belonging. And just start to do that with any of these little, these little memories that come up, these little places that you might feel that you've left energy behind. You can do this without specifically even thinking of a specific situation. You can just 
set the intention, I call back all energy that I have given away by pursuing this external validation of feeling like I belong. I know that I belong. I am a being of love and light. I belong everywhere I go. I am divine and I belong. Allow the top of the head to open that crown chakra. Call in that beautiful love and light that you're made of. Let it flow through your head and your neck, through your shoulders and arms, down through the torso, into the hips and pelvis. Take a nice big deep breath into the hips and the pelvis. <sighs> Sigh that beautiful love and light down through the legs, all the way down to the feet. Fill your vessel now with this light and love. If you're familiar with your waterfall of joy, you might want to step into that. That's just this flow of love, this beautiful flow of divine light of bliss. You belong here. You belong in your body at this time. You belong in the spiritual sense of the word. You are a divine being. There is nowhere you do not belong. So come back to this idea of calling your energy back from the places you've given it away around this idea of belonging and external validation. Where are you still looking outside yourself to feel like you belong? Where are you still looking outside yourself to feel validated, to feel worthy? Call that energy back to your truth. Your truth is that you are inherently worthy. You do not have to earn your worth in any way. Call that energy back. Even if it's just for the next few moments here, come fully into yourself. Call all of that energy all of that looking outside yourself for any kind of fulfillment, call that home right now. Call that to your body. Call that to your beautiful vessel. And recognize the truth of your being is that you require nothing outside of yourself spiritually. And when you are full in this way spiritually, you will resonate, your frequency will attract those you truly belong with. And that frequency changes. So sometimes relationships leave us. Sometimes we belonged in a group and then we don't belong anymore. Our worth is not tied to that. So if you're seeing a situation where you felt like you belonged at one time and then you didn't. Maybe you're blaming yourself. Maybe you're trying to blame the other people for that. That is just a changing of frequency. It's just an evolution of frequency. And not all frequencies resonate in harmony. So call that energy home. That's your energy. Call your energy back from that group or that place. Whatever, whatever it is, that person. You do not have to earn your worth by looking outside yourself for validation, by looking outside yourself to belong. You belong fully in this beautiful physical plane, in this beautiful physical vessel. You entered this body for a reason, and it was not to look outside yourself for worth. It was to share your beauty. It was to share that inherent worth with the world. And you can't do that if you're giving it away. So call it home now. Call that energy home. Open to that beautiful bliss and love and light that is the essence of your being. Let it fill every pore every cell of your body. Let it fill your organs. Let it fill your belly. Let it fill your fingers and your toes. Let it fill you all the way to the tip of your nose. 
fill yourself up with your own inherent worth, with your own divinity, with your own light, with your truth, with the beauty of being true to yourself, of knowing who you are and being that truth, living that truth to the extent that you can without judgment. exactly as you were made. Let yourself feel that now. Shaye danaye. Oh, shata. Oh, shaye. moments here call back any more of that energy any more of that beautiful part of yourself that you left that you gave away however unconsciously looking for external validation looking for a way to earn your worth outside of yourself by giving yourself away by pleasing people by trying to be the best let it go Call that energy home and let it go. Letting go of any frequency now that's not serving us. Anything we've called back that is not resonating with this divine frequency of light and love, of wholeness, of worth. If you'd like, you can gently allow that crown chakra to close or leave it open for the highest good. And once more, call back any energy you've left behind. Let anything go that no longer serves you to be released for the highest good. And allow that essence of your being to flow through your head into your face, down through the neck and the throat, into the chest and the belly the hips and legs and the feet. Expand now for the last few moments here as the being you truly are, this beautiful being of light. Not perfect, but perfect in your imperfection. Perfectly made to be exactly who you are without needing to look outside yourself to know that that's okay. It's more than okay, it's beautiful. You are beautiful. As you're ready, affirm with me out loud. I am fully present in my body. 
I am fully present in my body and I no longer look outside myself for validation. I am fully present in my body and I know my inherent worth. My vessel overflows with love and I am divine light. As you're ready, you can slowly start to move your body, move your head and neck around, maybe shrug your shoulders a few times, circle your wrists and your ankles. Let everything crack a little bit. Take one or two or three more deep breaths, sigh them out. Letting go of any last bits of frequency that no longer serve you of energy. It's not vibrating at this beautiful, expanded, divine frequency. And as you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you so much for joining me. Come back to this show. Come back to this meditation. We can change the world. I firmly believe that we can dismantle this hierarchy of needing to belong by looking outside of ourselves. We can retrain our bodies to look within for that feeling of fullness, of wholeness, of being complete, of belonging. Have a beautiful rest of your night and an expanded rest of your week. And I will see you next week for Wind Down Wednesday.